All right, y'all. Welcome to More Than Words. This is Liz and... Why are you going to say it? Oh, Cheryl. You know I'm like, are you all right? You know, I know who I am. Wanna... <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee today. Me too. That's why I'm over here. First of all, I, we got our More Than Words mug and I definitely got water in here. First of all, let me just go on record that it's definitely water in here and it's a brand in which I looked up and I, I'm going to tell them that they need to dream catch us. First and foremost, Essentia, if y'all out there, I read your website, okay? Y'all need to go ahead and we dream catchers over here. Y'all need to catch uh, us okay? Yeah, it's on their bottle. It says overachieving H2O. That's what I'm saying. And I'm not even trying to give y'all no brand placement, but I'm just, I'm just this hydration in. And I'm gonna tell y'all right now, I love y'all website. I love y'all values. I love how y'all market different people. It was diverse. But I will say, y'all, y'all definitely for the athletes. But what about me? Just because I got big bones don't mean I can't be athletic. I deserve to be on that website. We deserve to be on that website. Well, first, well, first of all, like I got, my, I got my auntie finger on. Get that thing. Okay. Tell them. Tell them. Let them first know. of all, no, you are an athlete. Doesn't Robin Arzon? And Jess Sims from Peloton, I'm also like dropping their names too in here. You got to. We're going they, to let them know. They always say, hey, you are out there trying to live your best life and you're working out in this 100 degree heat, 100 degree uh, humidity. You are an athlete. So we are athletes. We're athletic. First, we just have different body shapes. First of all, Alex Toussaint be talking to people crazy on his um, Peloton, but I'm for it. Because I'd be like, by the time I get to his workout, I'd be like, I need you to tell me in this most aggressive. Also, you got the club bangers way for me to work out real good. I love, I'm you, I love the club bangers. I love it. Every time I'd be like, and why am I in here out in my own house? out here actually experiencing what he's talking about. He's talking about the drinks flowing, the people getting ready to leave. I'd be like, and I'm there and I'm present. First of all, we don't really like doing brand placement because we do want to be sponsored one day. So look at our values. Check us out if that's something you feel the spirit moving you towards. But let me tell you right now, I'm telling you right now, Ascension, come get us. Come get us because we drink a lot of this. I just threw a box out. I, I went to Costco. I recycle. I recycle. Yes, First of all, recycle. I get mine from Sands Club. Costco, Costco got a home. We ain't going to talk about Costco. My family, Costco people, me, my mama, Sands Club people. Kirkland's really friend. Me. Kirkland's brand. This gets real hood. Like it really can get colors. Like we'd be like, what's your car say? I'm out. I don't want this for Friday. I don't want Costco. This. I don't want this one. I go with don't my mom. To, I go with my mom to Sam's, but I have the Costco card because we're a Costco family. I don't like your tone. I don't like your tone <laughs> the way you're talking about Sam's Club. Listen, I grew up on Sam's Club. Sam's Club fed me, okay? That, hey, uh, that Sam's Coca-Cola. Sam's Coca-Cola and their cereal. I don't like your cereals. tone. Don't give us the don't. The is it cereal? Is it cereal or cereals? Why you gotta like, have the reference? Well, we like, like I'm gonna go give me some cereals. No, no. How do you say it? How many boxes? How many boxes? Well, I don't if know. You can't put an S if it's not. Multiple. Is it like? Is it like mouse and One mice? L. <laughs> <laughs> what? Man, we got hey. Audience, don't judge us. This is my don't start it. It's my sister. She here and she asked a legitimate question. We're gonna honor her in this moment. Girl, no, if it ain't multiple, it's no S. It's an L. What? Cereal? Why like just cereal? 
Why? Yes. What do you mean? Because <clears throat> we're te- having teachable moments. This is not right. Don't let people know this about you and these skills <laughs> and these I listen. I'm gonna tell you right now the fact that you. I say cereal. My country accent. No, and we're also trying to keep time too because we yeah. know that we've been going an hour, an hour and a half. But those who know Shara and I, we tend to get the well, story. Can, Let's just tell yeah, them. We we, we talk the story. We journalists out here. We live in. <laughs> and also, I can. I, we can talk to a wall. So there's that. <laughs> First of all, like that meeting earlier, poor Chris, shout out to Chris Howard, still working on our website because we are lackadaisical <laughs> with our deliverables and he's just so nice to keep us on. But boy, Chris couldn't get a word in. Lisa and I was talking about everything but what he was asking us. I said, That's a good auntie moment right there. Just so you know, if you're going to get on a Zoom with me, I'm going to look at your background. And yeah, as I, I look at my, I'm an eye hustler. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, and then, so I put my background too. I mean, it's not great because usually I have my my bookshelves with all my books and it's nice and I'm not in my house right now. So <clears throat> Baby Yoda is holding up the background. Just I did. Baby to... Yoda is holding it up. And then there's that mm-hmm. candle that you gave me. Aww. That's from the, I think it's the mom and daughter. Yes. That they, from New York. Latina yes. just came on a dream. It's been selling candles ever since. Because I think that's something that's really important for us is, and I think a lot of people will feel the same way, is be more conscientious of of what you're buying and who you're buying it from and trying to support those small businesses, especially our small businesses um, from black and brown people, right? That's mm-hmm. that's something that's really, really important to us. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's a candle. Yeah, and then the little Would it be bear- shady for me to say to be like we black and brown too, so support <laughs> us. Is that an appropriate way to just go ahead and put that in there too? I don't know. I'll be I'll be quiet. Go ahead. I don't know. We've had a lot of coffee today, so we could just blame it on the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and Bible, look, look, brand placement. Look, shady for whoever you <laughs> Hey, if on- you've ever seen a J Lo movie, a J Lo uh, music video. There is so much brand placement on that thing. Why? Okay. Why does the video have to shoot shoot at the car and it's like the, you know, whatever the car brand is? That's mm-hmm. not what you do, right? Like when you shoot movies, that's not what you do. But J-Lo does. But and if they paying me, I would. I'd be like, and then I'd be like, y'all go ahead and pan out real quick. I'd be like, I wear gloss. earrings from your car. <laughs> Right. I need to walk it so slow. Like, get me while I'm moving because they already paid for this. Give me one of my angles. By the way, by the way look at you. And the nails. You better represent luxury brand. Y'all missing out if y'all ain't watching this video. I just want y'all to know something is happening. Don't listen to us. You better watch us because something is happening over here. BTS, I look like Betty Rubble with this hairdo. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> If you don't get me out of here, this is ridiculous. Okay. P.S. I'm P.S. I'm in the corner of the in my guest room because some work is being done. Liz was like, "You should share that with the people." I said, "I feel like I'm sitting here taking a mugshot picture. It's like white background. Like, what is going on? What's the blue? What's the blue on the side? It's addressing buy your business. Buy your business." (laughs) I can't look at your background. You're always having it blurred and I can't be eye hustling behind you. That's why I'm blurry for people like you. I'm I'm going to shout out to, I'm going to shout out to Chris because he has a great background. Mm -hmm. I want to visit. 
Always. Was it, which way was it going? Which way was it going? Because like, he got a couple of backgrounds that I'd be like, and I'm, he, I'm done with this business. I'm I going out it, here to do this. I thought backyard. it was, um, I thought, you know, like Zoom does those like fake backgrounds. I thought it was yes. that. And I was like, oh, no, no. I know what you're talking about. That's whatever. I said, I want to drink coffee next Me to those too, French right doors. Exactly. On that with chair. With that water. Yep. Just the like water, this. Just like placement. this. And then that yes. floor. That is so beautiful It's floor. beautiful. Yeah. And his artwork. This artwork be clutch. First of all, y'all know we want to tell y'all that story about this logo because Chris was going to be the re- was going to draw us and have our logo, but we of course we found Kenya, but we got all the all the good stuff. But I'm gonna tell you that background is legit. Chris, give us an invite, like for real. What's up? Like, can we celebrate <laughs> at your house? I know we asking for a lot. You gonna be like, just get me off of here. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're family, so there's that. He doesn't know. There y'all yet, go. There y'all go. I'm always right, making people my family. That. I'm always Yo, Liz picked up Chris on the first. And she was like, you know what? You feel like my brother. I said, wait a minute. I thought I was just your sister. How you meet him? And all of a sudden, y'all brother and sister. We all, I, I added all these people. I added these people. Every two minutes, I got a brother. I'm like, first of all, I'm already protective about these um, descriptions. You're just using them so loosely now. I thought it meant something. My, my best friend does the same thing. She gets so mad at me because she's like, well, who's your brother now? Who's please. your sister now? Oh, please, I'm mad. Please. I'm mad. Yes. Put me in a corner with her so we can talk about you. And then Stuart goes, Stuart's like always, so is this a cousin? <laughs> or is it a cousin? Meaning like, are they blood cousins? Like they right. are, they're for real cousins. Right. Or is this a cousin? You're calling a cousin, but it's not a cousin. <laughs> you got to spell it different. That's how you do it. You got to put the you for the, the cousins you. that's not and a family. The cousins yeah. and cousins. with a Z. Cousins. Yes, right, with Z-Z. a Z, yeah. I-N-S, yep. No, it's not an S, sis. It's a Z, Cousins. Sis. I'm no. done with you today. I said C-U-Z, hold on, C-U-Z-I-N-S. Two Zs? We don't spell it the same. I don't even, it's no S. It's C-U-Z-N, done. Oh, you okay? So I did the I N. I put cousins. You really spell cousin. You see, this is it. Somebody out here is really like thinking we chalkboarded. Like for real, like, eh. if y'all don't get y'all English together, I can't teach you. I can't. Teach you. Okay, so I know you have a topic for today, and I am excited because you definitely put me to work yesterday. I was like, why am I taking an assessment at nine thirty p.m.? Okay. <laughs> So one of the resources that we really like to use is a scarf model. And I think we got a lot of feedback on how that's such a great model to use. Right. And so um, that was the assessment that we took on. And so go on on our Instagram. Um, It was one of the resources that we had um, in prior weeks. It was a scarf model and it basically talks about your threat and reward system and that there's five um, components of that, right? So there's certainty, mm-hmm. autonomy, relatedness, fairness. Uh, I'm missing one, status, status. <clears throat> as well. Mm-hmm. So it says, you know, how do you, based on questions, right, that you answer, and there's a free assessment out there, how do you fall in line with these five components? And mm-hmm. then what, who are you if you're higher? 
in certain areas, I mean, yeah, in certain in certain ones, and how are you when you're in lower and what kind of reaction? And I'll be honest, I was very surprised. And <laughs> I wasn't on four out of the five of them, but <clears throat> on certainty, <laughs> I rated a 2.7 out of, what's the scale? The scale is- By ten, seven. Seven, right, seven. seven. My highest one was fairness and relatedness. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. I had sweet six, six point three, six point five on that. Right. My certainty. This is where you're trying to say, I don't want any surprises. They like lists. Mm-hmm. They like uh, they like knowing what's coming. They want to be mm-hmm. certain about what's happening. And for those that don't know about my background, I was an accountant for 20 years mm-hmm. um, and And then, you know, I kind of went, did a whole like career shift because I've always worked in this just informally. Now it's kind of being formally. And so the certainty really was surprising to me. And it, but then I started thinking about it last night after you and I were talking about it. Actually, no, it doesn't surprise me anymore because whenever I was in accounting, I never, I always did the project work. I always wanted to work with a lot of people. I ne- I the mundane of accounting, the closeout of accounting bores me. The certainty of it, I wanted to work on those hard, nasty projects and get in there and lead them and you know all that stuff. So now I'm thinking about it I'm like, okay, I know why that scored really low now because I'm in this kind of shift as into being an entrepreneur, having the podcast, and we don't have certainty. We don't know where this is going. You, okay, I'm, you I'm raising my hand. You want to, you want to coach me? I, I got, I got, no, I don't want to coach. I just want to uh, just laugh, chuckle a little bit and not interrupt your uh, conversation. <laughs> my Liz, TED what talk. you talking about? Liz, what you talking about? First of all, that's how you experience yourself. But as a person who has worked with you, first of all, let me tell y'all something. So Liz and I have had many stories and we're going to tell you eventually. But this is what literally what happened. So she's telling you all about this accountant life. Oh, fine. Great. Listen, I ran up on Liz. I was like, okay, I need to do something that this company asked me to do. It's never been done before. High risk. High reward if we get it right. Going to take a lot of people to get involved, get a lot of buy-in, a lot of influence. It's going to need planning, execution, and repeat and rinse, and it needs to go fast. Literally, I walked out of the meeting with a person who gave me the support, and I was like, I need, I know who, they were like, we got this, these, this really kind of all moving parts. It's going to take a lot of people and ideas to kind of reel it in and get it organized. I said, I know exactly who it is, Liz. And they was like, Liz? They was like, Liz, Liz? I was like, yeah, Liz, Liz. I literally walked out of my office went up to her floor and I caught her in between meetings. Liz had her papers in her hand. And I said, Liz, okay, this is what I'm trying to do. Before she went into the conference room, Liz was like, okay, cool. Just let, um, send me the information, set up a meeting so I can ask some questions. Liz, we had six steps maybe before you heard me say, I got an impossible task. I need your help. I don't know how it's going to go. It's going to be high risk, high reward, high visibility. And you was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, Okay, well, that's it. We got Liz, literally. I got back on that way. Like, that was it. They were like, she said yes already. I said, yeah, she in a meeting, but we can meet with her later. And tell her what's going on. <laughs> I don't experience you that way, Liz, at all. I, your, that uncertainty did not surprise me. 
I was like, mm. this don't mean very much because you are so intuitive with people. Like your relatedness because you're high there, you can connect with people and make some really like your your gut is really strong in the sense that when you connect with a person, you can kind of you don't necessarily do this. Um, you can kind of size them up and be like, okay, I this this right here feels genuine. And you go in with that uncertainty about them, just giving that trust so that they can build the relationship. So, I mean, honestly, I, when I saw that. And you so when you like, were surprised, when you were surprised about my surprise, you were like, no, I'm not surprised. Mm-mm. I sure um. wasn't. And I also it was 930 and I was in the spreadsheet and I was like, I'm not about to give her all this. I'm going to say this for the podcast. But no, I wasn't surprised. You are constantly in certain moments like this move that you have and making the changes that you do. Like you've been doing this a lot, even back when we were overseas. I'd be like, Liz, you want to go to this random place that's in the jungle that's going to take us 30 minutes out of town? And you yes. Sure. Let me go get my nails. Let me go get my nails. <laughs> oh, yes. And you'd be like, okay, can we be back for curfew? Because I got to close up the now tomorrow. Okay, girl. And she just go. <laughs> but that's how I experienced Liz. Like Liz is very much, this is how you show up to me. So the uncertainty part, I was just like, let me just wait until tomorrow because I got to finish this person. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. And you scored, I don't want to like put your business. No, you should. Too, you- no. So my top yeah. for me was status and relatedness and a close third was fairness so status for me is has always been more about respect and so the questions are like you know is your opinions of value um do you do you need feel like you need to feel respected um and I know respect shows up for different people but I've been in a lot of spaces where I've been overlooked um not heard the only one um not necessarily valued or appreciated for what I brought to the table and I had to fight for that. So status does make sense for me um, when it comes down to try, like if I'm in a threat slash reward situation, what am I trying to bring to the table for people to engage or create some balance for myself? And status is one of them. It's like, let me tell you why I'm here. I'm not going through my credentials, but let me tell you how I'm gonna add value in this space, no matter what space it is. So it made a lot of sense. That related is, you know, I'll be no stranger. Seriously, come on. You know, let me tell you something. I, I wasn't surprised at any of them. The status, 100%, 100%. Um, when you don't feel valued, when you don't feel respected, and everyone has a definition of what that respect looks like for them. Um, as your friend, I know what that absolutely looks like. And I know as we're doing the podcast, it definitely comes up too in a like, when when you don't feel like you're being valued in a way and, and maybe not, from me, because you would absolutely give me that feedback for sure. But um, I'm not mad at it. I'm comfortable. I like uncertainty. <laughs> so, um, but it definitely shows up. I wasn't surprised. And the relatedness, man, I think I said this. Whose episode was it? Oh my gosh. Look, look how many episodes we got. I, don't I was about to say, go and tell them, go and tell them. So in one of these episodes, we were talking about how you don't meet a stranger. And like every time, because you and I have traveled a lot recently um, for our consulting work that we do. And in the morning, if you get me before my coffee, it doesn't, don't, I'm a happy person. I'm a, I'm a very joyful person. But if you get me before my coffee, it's not happening. Shara's walking out. She's like, hi, how are you? Oh, and tell me more about this. Tell me about your story and this and that. Stop. And, and like, you would just make friends out of strangers. Like, yes. Like, you know why? 
Because I wasn't always friendly. For all them people who knew me from back in the day, they were like, sure. They, they just she'd be like, hey, that's it. Because I was observing. Okay. I've grown mm. into this person where I'm like, okay, I'm not in a situation where I feel threat, right? Like when you growing up in a certain neighborhood, you can't be too friendly. Why? Because you are easy to get picked off. And so I was like, nah, I don't get to be that. But as I've gotten to places that are more safe, I've been like, okay, so this is what I've been waiting for. Okay. <laughs> like I'm out here in the street. Uh, but no, I love talking to everybody. Like I really do because I, I honestly, I honestly thrive. I'm an extrovert. Anybody, did, whoever didn't know that, y'all got to get it together. But I am a full blown extrovert. So I feed off other people's energy. Yeah. Um, I don't need it a hundred percent, but I definitely do. But I also just curious. Like once again, CBI just once again gives you some some ways in which you can engage with people without being what I would call nosy but also just being able to be curious about things. And so I really use a lot of that to kind of talk to people. And I mean, I also feel like, you know, um, even more so now we've done remote work, like I really value every engagement with another person because they're infrequent um, now that, you know, we're remote and mobile and, and we're so transient. It's just so crazy. But I will say my certainty was my office. So I don't need much, I don't need to feel certain about it. Like I just need to know that we're going this direction and then I'm gonna figure all the rest out. Yeah. So that's the one that surprised me with you because you're definitely a risk taker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what though about the risk taking is I've already I've already set myself to say, I'm just gonna try it. And that came from my mom. So my mom, mm-hmm. y'all, when, first of all, uh, I hope you meet my mom in a way in which is natural and not like uh, like an odd way because my mom is very much so an introvert. But when she's in her element, like she on her shine, like my mama is, you can tell where I get it from, like where it's yes. come from. Because um, she'd be like, okay, let me show you that she ain't where she got this from. <laughs> right? I, love, I, I love your mom. I remember when I met her, I, I was like, I, now I know where this came from with Sharon. Yes. <laughs> yes, but she don't show up like that all the time. She's very introverted. So anyway, so when she, my mom gave me the, the, the taught us, even though she didn't have that always available to herself was how to really be open to saying yes and trying new things. Like my mom would just intentionally take me and my sister to different places to volunteer, meet new people. Like, you know, we used to do the Special Olympics. We used to volunteer as t- t- ticket takers so that we could see the opera and just different things. My mom just was like, we ain't got a lot of money, but you're going to have a lot of experiences. Like how I got to Africa the first time, like garage sales and like my whole family was like, okay, let's just, let's sell everything. So Sharon can go to Africa and get this experience. Like, it was just such a, like, that's how we roll. It's like, okay, we're going to instill in you optimism and risk-taking because you, I mean, what else is there if we live with a closed mindset? Like, this is all about growth mindset, right? You yeah. got to have a growth mindset. And I think one of our future episodes that we're going to talk about is fear. Because a lot of the things that we do or do not do is because we have fear of things. And they they are real. Like the, those are your feelings. You cannot deny your feelings. Um, I had a, a um, I was talking to someone recently about how they were trying to not experience certain negative feelings, and I was like, why are we labeling feelings bad or good? Mm-hmm. Let's just 
feel them how they are. Let's just acknowledge them and then figure out what do you want to do with these feelings? How do you want to, mm-hmm. how do you want to go? And I think, I think going back to your point, Shara, about, you know, um, kind of having those experiences and being adventurous. And that is great that your mom instilled that in you because many of us, especially today, we have a lot of fears. I mean, I will be very, very honest with you. Um, I do not take my kids by myself to stores. I do not feel safe. Um, One of my kids, both my kids are, you know, because they're still young enough to need, um, um, booster seats and, and kids chairs and everything. And they, they're complicated to put on properly and safely. So I am con I'm always looking back at me trying to put them together and I, and I start sweating and I get uncomfortable because I feel like someone's going to come up to us or hop in the car and, you know, all this stuff. So what I'm trying to say is like, how are you not experiencing life and how is it holding you back from experiencing life because of these fears? Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. I think, you know, we all spend a lot of time trying to create what safety looks like. Right. And as you figure that out, as your life changes, like as a single person, as a person who's married or a person who has little kids or multiple little kids or whatever those stages of life, if you're older, um, you're becoming where your capabilities are maybe changing um, or maybe you just have a difference in ability, right? Like you decide what safe is. And it's usually yeah. hard for other people to understand why those pieces are there if they don't know who you are. But what I would say is I think that the journey through fear is really some of the best stories, right? Like I, I, I can barely remember this Steve Harvey quote, but he said something along the lines of, you know, like if you, in, if you fight it through the tunnel, like if you fighting in darkness, why would you stay there? Wouldn't you keep moving through the light or something like that? Now I botched that. I know I botched it. It's cool. <laughs> Just don't tag Steve Harvey on that. But it was like, you're right. Why do I want to stay in a state of fear when I can intentionally find a way to, to find my light? But that fear, but that fear pushed you forward. If you don't want to stay there, if you don't want to stay there. You know, you know, it's funny you say that. I've been grappling with whether or not I agree with that anymore, because I feel like fear can be paralyzed. And absolutely. it can be paralyzing emotionally and physically and all those like that freeze response that kind of goes back to the model. But what I do think it does is it brings you hyper aware of what boundaries you put in place for yourself and if they're serving you anymore right so it's like uh, back in the day I wasn't very you know um open and extroverted and happy and talking to everybody because in the environment I was in that could really make you seem like somebody who is a vulnerable person and or somebody who's susceptible for things to happen to them And also people were surviving. And so the joy in the midst of that is is just standing out like a sore thumb. But as I navigated my boundaries, right, the boundaries I put for myself as I went into new spaces, right, pushing myself into new spaces or getting opportunities in new spaces, I had a chance to move those boundaries out. And I know y'all laugh about it, like Cheryl always got her head on a swivel and she making sure that you get home and all that. But those are some of those lingering pieces of those experiences that I have to 
keep with me because they still matter to me as far as who I am and my values and how I love all my people. But it's also such that I had to move beyond that and also get into, I need to be 100% more myself and how are these boundaries no longer serving me? And I can't let fear be the priority. I have to get, be the priority of what's next for me. And that that whole when you text people like, hey, text me when when you get home or, you know, I think we made fun of that. Whatever, like you get in the car. No, you get in the car. No, you get in the car. Honestly, like sometimes like as a person, some people don't realize and you don't know that maybe if that person might need might have needed that that at that time, they mm-hmm. may have needed that someone reaching out to them. You always talk about reaching back for people and reaching upwards for people. It's like you, you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what, like how they treat safety or what it means to them. So doing what your gut and your instinct is telling you to do for whatever reason that may be, do it. And I want to also pull something back that you said too. um, And it relates to the scarf model and it relates to this other topic and why I'm putting both of them together. So we are in the great resignation or as, and I'm going to give a shout out to Denise Hamilton because I fangirl with Denise Hamilton. I love you so much, Denise. (laughs) Congratulations on your Ted talk. Um, I cannot wait until you come onto more than words. I'm I'm putting it out there in existence. Please and thank you. She's an incredible, incredible person. Um, so she calls it the great reimagination. And Forbes um, had an article out there recently. Um, it just came out. What did they call it? They called it the, hold on, I'm sorry, y'all. I have it on my, my computer. It's okay. Not, I pull it up because I'm, not, what I'm also, not even mad about it. While you pulling it up, I will say she also, in the beginning of the um, great resignation, she also used this phrase, which I love, which was the great negotiation. And I was like, you're right. You're yes. right. I, I yes. know my, my value and I'm not dealing with this anymore. And I was like, you're right. It's time to negotiate. It's time to negotiate. Not just money, but what, what you're offering time. me. Uh, my time, my energy. Am I feeling fulfilled with the work that you're giving me? And by the way, working for one organization is not enough because this is not my passion. That's my W-2. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Give me that W too, but and you I know me. Go I'm a 1099 everywhere I go. So you better that. live. Come 10, on, 99. Hey, um, hey, 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 hey. Uh, you know I so, dance every time. <laughs> hey, go sit down. Um So <laughs> Forbes calls it the Great Reconfiguration. Um, so all them. these, all these words, right? Um, I know many companies, and I don't want to generalize this, they want to return back to normal. And I do air quotations because, first of all, I hate the word normal. I hate it. I, I get I get uncomfortable with that word. And it's not a good uncomfortable, let me just say that. Because what is normal? What does it mean return to normal? What are we assuming that return to normal means? I think what... COVID did. And I think it was before, I think even before COVID, this is, this is starting to happen. People were getting burned out. People were, um, were reaching their limits and they were starting to really think about what was important to them and their families or, you know, or themselves alone. And, and then that's what happened to me going back to the question of why we're moving to the UK, right? Like that we really took a step back and being at home in in 
quarantine and lockdown and trying to keep our family safe, one of the things that really came up for me was I had that time to pause and to reflect and to really think about, am I, am I living life to thrive Mm. or am I just surviving every day? I'm I'm with you, Liz. I think I, you know, sadly, I realized this was a collective experience prior to, um, but prior to the great pause of 2020, but what I recognized, it was kind of a sad moment because I thought it was just the path that in which I've chosen and those around me had chosen, right? To go in spaces where they are the only and navigate the heck out of them to become highly impactful and successful in whatever those definitions mean. But then when we took the pause, so many others had talked about the sacrifice that they had been making, not even knowing the parts that they had been given up about themselves or their relationships with others or those types of that. Like their identity has been so woven in occupation that it was just so hard to be like, who am I at the end of it? Now, there was some empowered group. Now, let me tell you about them generational differences. Let me tell you about them Gen Z's who was like, and thank you for this pause. And so let me start this business up and this YouTube channel and this IG page. Because I'm going to tell you, I've never seen a, a pivot so fast. I saw, when I think about like DJ D-Nice, shout out to DJ D-Nice. I would love <laughs> to get him on the podcast. I know he's probably too busy making a coin, 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 coin. But I would say like, People like him, who maybe not in that generation, but the people with the mindset of entrepreneurship and who had their sales and their values in the forefront versus occupation and status and drive and those types of things in the sense of like attached to a company. I mean, right, like right. attached to someone, something that you don't control. Those individuals picked up their skills, their capabilities, their passions, their love and was like, and we about to show up and show out and figure this thing out. And I myself was like, if it wasn't for those people, I don't know if I would have been able to survive and come out on the other side of Thrive in that way. Because those are the people who I was looking to to almost be the anchor beyond like my faith and my my bubble, my circle, my friends. These people are like, you know what? Sis, you valuable. You need to be start working on um up in your coaching business. And DJ D nice is out there DJing for the whole world while I'm sitting here sweating and dancing in my house. Like, hey, <laughs> but you know, those were the visionaries. Those people had that yeah. before and they were already prepared for it. So they was just pulling us along, at least me along. The thing, the thing what happens, Shara, is especially as a Latina, especially as a black woman. You, we, we, we get caught up in this life, in this corporate life. And it gets hard. The thought about leaving a W-2 job, right? And leaving a, I want to, I'm going to put this in quotation marks as well too, because you never know, but leaving a, uh, a seemingly stable job right? That has, has provided for you and has insurance and all this 401ks and everything like that, right? It kind of programs you to think that this is what success looks like. But, but in reality, you have the power to define what success means like to you. And I won't, and I'm not saying that 
working in corporate America is a terrible thing because it's everybody's journey. What I'm really saying, and this is what happened to me, and I don't know if it maybe if you, if people if this happened to other people too, is if you don't feel fulfilled, if you feel like there is a bigger impact than what what you're put pulling out right now, let's take a step back and really think about like, are you where you really should be at? And it could be very well be that you stay in corporate America in a W two job. That's fine. And you find fulfillment in other ways or that is fulfilling for you, depending on what your components are in that diversity wheel. For me, it wasn't. I felt like there was a bigger impact. And let me say, when you find your empowerment and when you find your joy in life, you know, we always talk about these glass ceilings um, and some people have concrete ceilings. I will put that out there. One of my friends coined that for, for me, uh, that, that, that phrase a while ago, but for me, it was, a, it was a glass ceiling and I felt like I just reached the top of it. CDI, um, and that 2020 pause and all of these experience and this podcast and, um, becoming a facilitator, all of that created this, like, I had no glass ceiling anymore. It mm. was just, it was infinite. Yep. There's that's, so. But, Go ahead. No, I, that's how companies work. Like I'm an HR person, so all those <laughs> HR people come on, turn it up, because I'm about to tell the secrets. And y'all, executive clients, I love y'all. Just remember how much you love me before I say this. Um, <laughs> so, listen, that's how the system works, right? Companies are built to have you believe in the values, the practices, and the habits of that environment, right? And it's no different than a zoo, right? <laughs> you train, you set up the environment so that each and every person in which they are set up can thrive in the constraints of whatever that environment is supposed to be. It's mm -hmm. such that that's how it's supposed to work. And at least that's how it's been set up. Because in the past, because it was like, listen, a company had the control over what, over your livelihood. So you either had to be attached to a company for you to be thrive because entrepreneurship was so out of reach for so many people. And that now has shift changes, has now changes that people for a long time, that's all you had as an opportunity to thrive, right? But when you start to have opportunities, not just in your mindset shift from being that fixed mindset that you know, this company has to create my everything for me to be 100% myself and everything. They need to they need to grow with me. And you realize that you are a person and that is one environment and or exhibit at the zoo. And you can pick another one and you can then step out of that environment and do whatever it is that you want, right? To build a cotton candy shop outside of it. Or you can go ahead and by the way, you're gonna set up the valet and run that whole business. And so you still attached to, that environment of safety. But at the end of the day, it's like people don't spend, companies are doing exactly what companies do. They profit. And you are a commodity in which allows yeah. people to profit. And so yeah. to me, the system was working. But what, what happened is collectively, and I think organizations, at least the organizations I've worked with, thought they had more time to figure it out about hybrid work or remote work. And they really had pinned it on generational differences and took very lightly 
that this was some basic common needs of all people to be able to balance life and work in themselves. Absolutely. and that's where they missed the ball. And they continue to with this whole bring it back. But look, it's got to be back in the office. I said, you, you, you missed it. Whoever is promoting that and firing people for not coming back in the office, you missing the boat. Like you just just say you blockbuster. Just let Netflix come. <laughs> you and, blockbuster. And come on and take your, take your <laughs> coin coins because you, you dinosaur. Just stay there. Get, keep your box popcorn. And your um, DVD, CD uh, cassettes, because Netflix is coming. <laughs> because going back to like the scarf model, right? People's autonomy. I feel like if if a lot of people go and take, I would be, I would have been curious to see what my score would have been beforehand and what it is now. Because I think my, especially my autonomy would mm-hmm. would definitely shift. Because and the younger generation. Y'all know I love me some young generations here because they are going to shift things. It is coming. It is here. It's here. People want flexibility. They are starting to think very deeply about where and when and how they work. And these are not, these are permanent changes. This isn't back to normal. These are fundamental, fundamental changes. So how are you and your organization pivoting for that? Pivoting for this new generation. And I mean, and really it's like, we, when we facilitate, we don't say, we don't do generalized comments. We always look at the collective of that organization mm-hmm. and let's say, okay, what is, what is that organization in need? And some organizations, they all want to come back into the office and that's completely fine. Yeah, but don't be that. surprised if there are people there that it doesn't work from that for them because they, they mm-hmm. have autonomy. And I, I always go back and I'm gonna sit on my soapbox for a little bit. Go on the set. I'm I'm totally on my seat, girl. You gonna lean in. This eight-hour work week is so antiquated. I said it. Go ahead. Send me some comments. Hashtag yes. and t- me and, uh-huh. and tell them to spell antiquated before they come because I don't use your phone. <laughs> <laughs> don't be googling it. Don't google um, it. Come on. But it it was built during a time where you had a quote unquote traditional family and someone was always at home and someone was taking care of the mental load of the household. Y'all know I am in a dual career household. Both my husband, my husband and I have careers and, and I know that is a by choice, but also too, we would not be able to live in this 9.1 inflation world. Come on, <laughs> come on with your numbers and your percentages. Because I know y'all feel it. I know the groceries heavy, not just because what's in them, but because how much you paying for. I told my children, y'all cannot eat anymore, okay? We're like, all on a diet. We're, we're all, all on a diet. Yes. The 20 pounds we gained during COVID. More water. More water. <laughs> water's expensive too. Shoot. Listen, Alkaline water. I don't care if you're at Sam's okay. or Costco. The alkaline water. You couldn't let it go, Tizzy. You couldn't let it go. You go, I knew you was coming back for it. I knew it. I was. I never let it slip that you was coming back for that. Go on with it. Um, I'm, I'm with you, Liz. I think that we, once again, wake up. The shift is happening. People don't need to have a reason to want to live their life. Why? Because we face death in its face. I think about what everybody had to think about. When you was confined in your home, and you were there was a deadly virus with unknown ways in which you can get infected. Everybody had to take a real hard look about who was important to them, 
how they too were going to survive. Um, shout out to all the zombie apocalypse planners and those folks, because I'm going to be honest with you. They were, they were so, I have one person that is really They're zombie ready. apocalypse. They were, they were like, and hey, you can come to our house and there's a bunker and we got all types of food. And this is the route you could take if they close the highways. I was like, and thank you. But the house is scary because I'm a black girl magic. I don't know if I want to go to Rose. But, um, but I will say, I, I say all that to say it's some people who had already thought about if we're ever faced with the decision about live, survive or not, and how they wanted to show up. And we, that's what people are now saying at a bigger, higher level to say, we may not be facing death directly as we are. And I'm not saying we had a pandemic, but we may not be that close to it because we have more information, but we are definitely at the place where we're not going to miss another living moment in the way living should feel like for us. And so if you think that people are going to sacrifice, like back when, when they made these eight hour work weeks, when we had factories, right? Um, you really don't get it because once again, people are looking to live and enjoy their life pre-retirement um, and they want to experience it differently. And it's not generational as much as it is about we faith, we look to death and we watch people die and we love and we sit there and we had to decide how we were going to move forward if and when things were able to reopen and there's no coming back from that adjust. No, I don't think, no, you're never going to return back to normal. And I do feel like, cause I know that we have some listeners who do want to come back to the office. They are pushing their employees to come back to the office. I know, I know you're probably getting a very strong reaction and you're probably, let's, let's talk about that. Let's really chit chat about where this is coming from. And I bet, and I don't want to assume because when you assume you make an ass out of me and you, you like that? Mm-hmm. Or you and it, me, whatever. Just Anyways. stop going with it. I'm with you. We're here. We're here. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, so I look at my best friend. She had had a baby recently. And this time, she's also a badass at work. She is. Mm-hmm. Man, she makes those models. Find it. She's a forecaster. Yes. Woo! She, I saw her computer the other day, and I was like, what? What in the world is this? But she has a 10-month-old son, right? She's like Beyonce. I had a baby, and I got back to business. Okay. You better snap and snatch back, too. Come on. That's right. Snatch. And snatch back. Um. And so how beautiful is it that she gets to do both? So when we coach, we like to take out the but and the or, and we like to to add in the and. First, we ask, how true is this? Second, we say, can both be true? Absolutely. And so that's like, again, that's the power of coaching. And that's the power of this shift that's happening too. It's just... What what do you want out of it? What do you want to do out of it? How do you want? And why are you having a, a like a strong reaction to right. our conversation today? One about right. like the scarf and and all that. I highly recommend that pe- people go and do this assessment. We love assessments. Mm-hmm. I love them. We do. And then I also want to think about your reaction to one define what normal is to you, mm-hmm. and then two define what you want uh-huh. out of this. So I, I agree. I, I think those are questions to definitely ponder. I will also include 
that equity is at the base of what we are talking about, right? The core of why this work is important to us is about looking at the individuals and understand how can you meet them. I love your now, DNI skills. Let me just say you that. Better, you better watch me work, girl, because you don't yeah, get for it. All right. Let's step Damn. back. Let Damn. me go get my popcorn and my coffee. Girl, go. get it. Pull up, go. pull up. Look, look, placement, product placement. Um, so what I would say is when you think about equity, people always over-index or say, oh, but we can't meet everybody's needs. Well, okay, you may not be able to, but what are those not just reasonable accommodations anymore, right? What are those things in which your environment needs to be the most successful to yield and attract the people that you want to lead your business? And if you find yourself constantly overly trying to pull people back to your way of it, then you are not understanding the individual and collective differences in your environment. I had this conversation with an executive. This individual was basically saying, you know, we put this out here, you know, we gave them these three or four options of flexible work and they still want more. And I said, okay, but when you built that model, who did you include? And was the group itself diverse enough to recognize the individuals in which decided on this piece? And I'm sorry not to interrupt go, you, but go, 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 go ahead go, and go in there. there. And were you putting your privilege aside? Were you Correct. thinking about the world in the eyes of others or were you thinking about the world in the eyes of yourself in the position that you're sitting at? Right. Where you have someone who has given up their collective um, responsibilities and now are assuming a full time role at your home or raising your family or whatever the case be, or a trailing spouse who've sacrificed and now can can really honor that full um the robustness of your of your job but we're beyond those individuals who are giving up their life to follow that spouse we are dual career so let me repeat and i told this to the executive like i'm like listen you're at a place where you have to look at the demographics of your organization you cannot over index on where people are and how important family planning is how much caregiving or um, um, caring for others are in the shift in life of your population. You also have to understand how many people have moved to your location from where they live and they are transient to kind of maintain their family connections and may have lost that during the pandemic. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize, you know, I didn't think about that. I said, yes, you in the past, it didn't matter. We relocated, we pretty much owned you, right? We didn't care if you had to go see your family except for the holidays that we observed. But now people are not doing that. Why? Because at any point, and they've experienced this, they could shut down and lose those, those connections. But what I'll say to you is this. If you are not taking a pulse of your organization at a yearly, biannually basis, then you are missing it. It goes back to what Brandy said back in the LGBTQ plus education. If you are not checking in with individuals to see how they have pivoted and changed, you could easily be over in over indexing, whether that's in benefits, that's in, you know, creating these things and service services. I mean, you could almost even be overpaying candidly without having these strategic conversations. Cause I know many of people are like, you know what? Honestly, I would take a little bit of a pay cut. Maybe not I definitely would. Being <laughs> so high, one. but <laughs> I would definitely not only would I take a pay cut, but I would even take not do this leadership role so that somebody else could get the opportunity and I get to experience work differently without all of this extra heaviness. 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think it's an end conversation. But once again, the lens in which the people who are in these decision making roles have to be thinking more broadly. And if you're finding yourself being uncomfortable in this conversation, just walk over to Blockbuster. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm so done with you. I'm so done with you. I can't believe you brought Blockbuster. Poor Blockbuster. Please rewind and be kind. Who's this Blockbuster you speak? Who's this Blockbuster you speak of? Somebody Googled it. I bet you 100%. Somebody we know Googled it. All right, younger generation. Did y'all just Google Blockbuster? It's fine. And you know what? Guess what? Google Netflix and see what you see my face first. my duck lips Listen, um, it's definitely a case study though i was at a oh uh, i love a blockbuster startup. as a yeah no i love blockbuster as a case study that's that's a good one and i will say too it's like one thing that's coming up for me and the thing and what you brought up right now and like how people are looking at it especially c- corporations and executives and the leadership teams that are that are making these decisions is um a lot of what i hear and a lot of her, what, what i just heard you say to share right now is is are they thinking about the benefit that they're giving employees? And are you considering the benefit that you're going to get when you shift, when you, you know, we always talk about being creative and innovative and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That part of that creativity and the innovation of it is trying to think about ways to do things um, differently and more efficiently. And this going back to normal you keep doing the same things and it's not working for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, isn't that the definition of insanity? Like you keep doing things the same, same thing, expecting yes. different results. Yes. Yeah. You can't, that's not okay. And then also to like, maybe think about, I challenge people to think about the benefits that they would get. I, I one is, you know, we are a very diverse na- nation. Is your organization reflective of that diversity in, in our nation? Mm-hmm. And, and not are you just doing the work. And are you doing the yeah. work to understand what it means? Because it's not just my skin tone. It's not just no. my 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 physical appearance, whether or not you can decide if I'm what my gender may be. But it's really about do you understand who works for you? Because yeah. are they night owls? Are they morning people? Are they people who um on Fridays, even though you have give them the day off, they still spend that time thinking about how they're going to have an impact in your organization? Are they the people who, when someone is sick and you give them PTO, they donate their PTO to other people because they believe that it could be a better process for them and others who are caring for people who are not covered in their plans? Like you have to stop and take a pause to say, these are people because the system that we've set up for companies are not based on us being seen as people. We were cogs in the wheel. We were factory based uh, model to get the most production and impact. Um, and, and also it was in a scarcity mindset, meaning that you knew that people needed a job. <laughs> but when you talking to this folks, these people that walked out on the other side of 2020, People be like, well, listen, I'll figure it out. Why? Because they they basically survived the zombie apocalypse. I mean, like, let's really think about it. <laughs> she said, I mean, oh, God, this, the quotes on this, Shara. I ain't, I'm not putting that in a quote because Bla- it's going to be my Blockbuster, Blockbuster nope. and nope. zombie apocalypse. That's what, It's my week. So, it's my week. I'm not putting any of it. I'm can not, we title it Blockbuster and uh, Don't zombie start apocalypse? It. I'm going to title it that. No, no, buddy, please edit. Buddy, listen. 
But for real, Liz, I think you, I'm glad you brought yeah. this up. I'm not going to lie. When you talked about the Great Resignation, I was like, dang, we didn't talk about this a lot, but, but we haven't talked about it a lot. But what I will say is that my optimism around the Great Resignation is this. I think for the first time in a long time, I think people have found themselves and or at least seeking to find who they are and that I am so excited about the innovation. Like Me I too. see some spaces and I mean, people be like, hey, can I call you at seven? Um, I need to go do something and um, and then I think I'm gonna be in a better space. And the stuff we get accomplished between that seven and nine that we can't get accomplished during the eight and, you know, the eight and 10, it's just so much more fulfilling. I've had people who literally, we went, we were at happy hour um, and, and somebody was like, oh, I got an idea. And they were like, oh, as soon as I leave, I'm gonna get, I I, I just gotta write it down. I was like, well, first of all, my HR was like, don't get online, sis, because you've been drinking. Um, but um, at the same time, she literally, the idea she came up with, she worked on it throughout the weekend, brought it to the Monday meeting. We ain't even listened to about 15, 20 minutes of her pitch and it was done. Like, what are we yeah. talking about here? You, like innovation in places where people are innovating naturally. Yeah. Versus trying to put them in these a box think tanks between. You know, I don't like the box. I don't like the boxes. Get me out of the boxes. I want my infinite runway. I want it all. Period. Yes, period. <laughs> I was going to say, we could go on in the show there and won't. <laughs> but I think that's a good point. It's like, what happened when, what happened on the other side of 2020 was that people got enlightened about a lot of different things and they're growing through it, Right. Now, don't get it wrong. There are still people who are fighting day to day to keep their jobs because there are layoffs yeah. happening. There are things happening. So, yeah, we're talking from a place of privilege or flexibility that others may not have because they are literally running the things that we use every day or maintaining facilities or whatever it is. But they have a, a very important role that may not allow them the flexibility. But we're possible. Right. Give you prime example. The guy who's working at the fast food place who have been working there 27 years and they gave them some recycled like paraphernalia out of a, a closet, like a cup, a pen, a Starbucks gift card. And literally the world looked at that and said, you spent 27 years working for this. And they gave you literally something that they probably got out the back closet to pull together to give to you. And they ended up gifting collectively him $200,000. Now think about what that signal right? It's signaled to say this person dedicated 27 years of their life and the least you could do is honor them. If you don't change anything else about your environment, you can honor and appreciate and value that person significantly without it costing you a whole bunch of money. But really taking some time to say, you know what? You ain't took a day off in 27 years. Go take two weeks paid. Yeah. Yeah. But we at the point where people are like, oh, if we can't do everything, company can't be everything you can't be, that's fine. Then you won't get all my ideas. But what I'm asking you to do is be just at honor and respect what the needs are and tell me what it is you can do and what you can't and let me choose. Well, and you can choose to not do that as a company. It's perfectly fine. But don't get hurt when we leave or Your when we're high. When your turnover is high, don't don't get upset because people are like or ask the question, why? Well, yeah, they're seeking. I celebrate people who are moving because it's it takes so much courage. This isn't easy. 
like what my husband and I are doing, you're right, Cher, this is not easy. We are very, we're taking a big risk of it. And, you know, we, at, at one point we're like, well, we may not have jobs. We're going to still do it anyways. And I know that's coming from a place of privilege and we are very privileged that we can do this. But um, I will say to that point on the, the side of privilege, if you are a company and you're, and you're, you're, you're managing, you're recruiting, think about how you're recruiting. Mm-hmm. Think about the qualifications for jobs. Are, does every job require a degree? Come on. Cause you know, hey. it don't cause you're going, cause you're going to indoctrinate them when they come in, create boot camps. And if you do that, I just coined that. So you can uh, give me, you know, 10, 20%, whatever, but uh-huh. like create boot camps in your companies and say, you know yes. what? I will put you through my boot camp. You don't have to come with a degree. You don't have to, if you do have a degree and you're trying to change, like change roles or, or shift, you know how hard it is to shift being an accountant for 20 years and then having to shift into a different uh, industry or a different environment. Yes. yes. But why do I have to stay being an accountant? I was just good at what I did when I was 18 and I didn't know. Cause at 18, mm-hmm. like, how do you know what you're going to do for the rest of your life? Right. So, yes. and I picked it because it was good. And, and like, it, uh, I was very grateful that I had a mentor that walked me through that, but it's like, you know, creating those boot camps, creating those opportunities, what is it costing you? And don't look at it siloed, right? Look at it holistically. I just had this conversation about, we won't get into Roe v. Wade, but how, yes, you're looking at it from a singular lens, right? Of just abortions, but think about it holistically on how it's impacting every single thing that we're touching. So in this sense, right, this great resignation or or you shifting in your company to making room and meeting people where they're at. And you're saying, well, I can't afford to do these programs. I can't afford to do these boot camps. I can't afford to meet people where they're at collectively. Okay. So can you afford to keep hiring people because hiring somebody and, and then putting that burden yet again on your employees that stay there, Mm -hmm. all that costs money. Time, yeah. money, yes. resources, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Summer hours, easy answer, right? What's in your control? You control that this place open and closed, don't you? So why don't you just set a couple of days in the summer that you sell your clients and everybody else, we're going to be half days for the next three months. Cause that's who, cause that's what our employees need. They need to re, they need to refresh. And you have the trust that they have the judgment to say, oh, I can't take a whole half day. I'm going to have to take, I'm going to just have to work the whole day, but I'll make it up somehow on the next Friday. But once again, you got to trust. And that's the part around the scarf model that's important. You have to create all those things, right? You have to give people autonomy. You have to also allow them to create some level of certainty, right? Like this is how you want to show up or you are invested and engaged in me as a person and not just what I produce you also have to honor that that status meaning there's some parts of me you may get my skills you may get my interest but you also gonna have to work really hard for my motivation and so you can't just stop with that right like if you want me to stay you want to have to engage my motivation and I've seen some companies do it they be like okay we recognize there's a gig economy what we're going to do is tell us disclose what companies you have and the businesses that you work for, and we're going to check in with you so there's no conflict of, conflict of interest. And by the way, we're going to talk openly about who our partners are and so that you can make those decisions, right? Come on, transparency. 
But at the end of the day, if you feel like this is extra work and you're just like something's coming up for you, like, oh, it seems so hard. How will we do that? Then you, your mindset is a little still fixed. You need to consider a growth mindset, not about how you're going to do it. How are you collectively going to do it with your leaders Amen. and your employees to make this happen? Yep. And it's okay to have agreements and expectations and hold people accountable. We're not Absolutely. saying that. We're saying create some flexible structures that allow you to ask the question for you to hear the answer and for you to decide and pivot however you need to see. And that will allow you to get closer to what the ask is from the people who are innovating and delivering on what it is that you put forth. Because I've had to candidly say, tell this client who went on like a 10 minute monologue about how he led this company so successfully. And I listened and I had to say, um, ask the question, do you, uh, can I have your permission uh, to have some direct feedback? And he was like, sure. Yeah. You know, you don't normally say very much other than asking questions. I'm like, yeah, that was shady, but I'll take it. I said, you know, there's a lot here about you. And I have not heard in this 10 minutes anything about your team. I haven't heard anything about the collective goals or the feedback from your employee survey. I haven't heard anything about what it is that your investors have been saying about your company and how you're going to address the, the social media feedback that you've been receiving from employees who have left you. And so he paused for a second. I was like, oh, you know, like, uh. and I said, no, don't, don't need the answer. But I'm just saying, while you're spending time building your legacy and worrying about how it looks for you and what this looks like in your lens. I need you to turn to the other dimensions of your company and answer that same question with that same vigor around how passionate you feel about your level of success. What about these other places? The individual select the, the individuals that's your employees, the teams are within your organization, the, the people who you are so shiny to talk about how great and you mold them, where are they in their career? And these great investors that clearly you have a good relationship with that believe everything that you say, that's great. But what are you what are they saying back to you that you're not hearing, but spending more time on, you know, patting yourself on the back. No, I ain't gonna lie. He didn't leave, we didn't leave that conversation. He didn't leave that conversation really happy with me, but he did send me a text later that week and said, I really appreciate you opening my eyes a little bit more. And I'm bringing in such and such to kind of talk, hold me a little bit more accountable. That's what we want. That's why we do it for those shifts, right? I mean, that's how yeah. we do it. And I think that's a very good point, Shara, to bring up. It's like thinking about it from a different lens and not mm-hmm. just, you know, just on you and thinking about the things that you, the un, the unspoken, right? We mm-hmm. always, when we facilitate, we always look for, yes, we're listening to you, but what are what are people not saying is really the yes. key. I so think that's a we, good way to close, Liz. I think that's Thank- a great way to close. Yes. Thank you for letting me have this conversation. I love it. No, this is it. Zombie Ooh. apocalypse, nails, all this stuff. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. So follow us. <laughs> First of all, wait, 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 wait. Before yeah. you do that, I, I have to cut you off because we did not say thank you to our 100 followers on Instagram. Uh, I want to give a shout out to every single person who is following us on Instagram. Um, I may not be a person that was on social media, but I definitely was watching it. I want to shout out my cousin who literally sent out uh, when I was telling her, I was like, oh, I think we're only 15 people away. She sent it out to her whole business. Like, my cousin, you better represent. 
I mean, it filled me up, but I know that this was a collective effort. And the fact that y'all love what we're doing and the, the great, the positive feedback, even the people who've been giving us some like constructive criticism. Thank you so much. Like when we, this is a, this is literally an idea that became our dream. And now we are just super happy to be here. And I honestly, I can't wait for the, the next milestone because I'm one of those people like we can have big moments where it's like, oh, this is great. We got podcasts. But I love the little stuff. Like we got two, we're going to have 200 soon. Like I'm that person. Like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> no, they're moments. I mean, if you're not celebrating those little moments, then what's the point? I mean, this is definitely we've worked really hard on this project. We're putting ourselves we're putting ourselves out for the world to 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 talk to us, talk about yeah. us talk yes. with us. Um, yes. The good thing is that we're very comfortable on where we are at both in our lives. Yes. So bring yeah. it. Yeah. Bring <laughs> it. Oh, look at you. You said bring it this time. Okay. Check it. Okay. Yeah. You was okay. Bring that one, it. I'm not the only one. Okay. Yeah. Cause we are, we are having coffee chats with people. So if you just, dis, you disagree with us. It's completely fine. I mean, well, what I'm setting expectations is we're not about to argue with you. We want to create the space so we can hear all points of views and bring that forward. Yeah. But what we are, we aren't going to do is, don't feel we're not that gonna you are fight. going to change. We're not going to fight and we're not going to change our mindset because we have an opinion too. So it's like, hey, we're growing and we made 10 years from now. We're like, oh, you girl, you were crazy when you thought that. But right now it's like, just because you, you may or may not agree with something we said doesn't mean that you have to convince us. Like we want to hear the stories. We want to hear everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, so that we can have, uh, we can share that variety with everyone listening here. So we love it. Like I, I, I'm glad people are taking us up on the coffee chats and texting us and uh, messaging and all that stuff. So keep it going. Please continue to share it, especially on our YouTube page. Everyone keeps asking like, oh, we need to see y'all because y'all see so much fun. Okay, y'all see us now. So watch it and subscribe, right? <laughs> And we'll be doing some Facebook lives and some yes. some some kind of like raw footage so y'all could see yes. what our how our worlds are. If you want to see what my world is right now, I probably won't show you because there's a Please ton of don't. toys on the floor. There's don't. toys. There's like I'm on the floor. I'm in a little corner. Yeah, you're on the <laughs> A little corner. You got Yoda back there. You got yes. like the 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 screen is, is yeah. And I don't know what it is. It's probably some toys. Okay, let's mind our business. Let's mind our business. All right, so follow us, <laughs> buddy. In this thing, in the force, because we follow, can't play the follow, music. Follow, play the music. <laughs> follow it okay, on <laughs> at. More than words, podcast, all the stuff, all those things. It's all yes, our things. You know, all right. if you don't know, check out the whole episode. All right, bye. Bye.